Caitlin. Emily. Happy holidays. And to you. Have you finished your Christmas shopping? Um, I have, except for the fact that I have a problem when it comes to it. So I may not be the greatest gift giver, like, during the year. Like, I really like to buy people presents that are meaningful and emotional, not just like, here's a gift card or... Here's a bottle of wine. Although, who doesn't want a bottle I mean, of wine? I just found a, a card. $78 wine holder. Don't on get, you are not I'm not going to get it, but it's like a cute little French bulldog with antlers on it that holds a bottle of wine. I'm not going to buy a $78 no, you wine also holder, but it's don't really have cute. a French bulldog. I know. We're, we're not going down this hole. Let me finish my story. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Which is, I start, when I say I start early, I probably start late October, early November. And I get people more than one thing. Like in like my parents, husband, in-laws, I like to build baskets out of things, you know, like literal baskets. I mean, well, they're building the basket. I don't, yeah, I don't weave the basket, but (laughs) that would be really, but I do get a basket. And then like, for example, one of my first ones I ever did was I got my dad a, a basket full of different beers and they were from places I had been that year and that year I had traveled a lot. So it was like, sweet, lived in New York. He was in Texas. I had been in Australia and London, and so, like, they were beers that represented the places that I went. Um, So things like that. So I say that I'm done with my Christmas shopping, but between stockings and all the little things I add in things, I am pretty much either on Amazon or at Target or World Market or shopping somewhere on South Congress kind of up until the moment, and everyone gets too many things. I feel like you're reaching the end of your Amazon window at this moment. I know. So it's okay. I'll stop. How are you doing with your shopping? No, she hasn't even started, guys. I mean, I've started, but it can also be experiences. Just you know, just promise people future things. You know, like <laughs> we will go to dinner next week. <laughs> Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy Holidays. You know, not above it. Right, I love it. So today's panel, as we talk about the holidays and you know what we're going into, will be the last one of 2022. Which is very sad and exciting at the same time. Maybe I don't know. Sad because you have to wait for more great ATX TV <laughs> content. Um, but exciting because I love this panel, which we present with the Casting Society of America, um, who we have also well, Casting Society, who we've also partnered with for a number of years, and in representing different jobs at the festival obviously we have lots of writers and directors producers actors but i believe working with casting society was one of the first like below the line people we got to represent and now we've had a number of different types of casting panels so i get very excited about it um this year's panel was thought up by jen morgan our director of programming as we looked at all of our shows and talked about you know, different time periods and representation of those time periods. And at times people kind of a younger and older version of yeah. the same character. Um, so we have people or the two people represented Jeannie Bacharach, who <laughs> first time at the festival guys, Jeannie. Rock star. And Rockstar. one of our favorite people maybe on the planet. Like, can we just hang out? Um, but she did station 11, which has two time periods. She also for fun facts, did the bear and the dropout and the patient and the patient which people are 
I did have finish. deeply I did loved finish it. I have this some fall. thoughts, and maybe Jen and I will talk about it on our other podcast. But it is Joel and Joe from the Americans, and so like, kind of can do no wrong there. But tangent, Emily, tangent. <laughs> it's fine. Um, it happens. But I will say that the Bear Station Eleven, Station Eleven, I guess technically was la- most of it came out twenty twenty one. Yeah, but twenty twenty two. Or 2021. 2021. Okay, great. Um, I was right. Uh, <laughs> I don't but, know what year we're in right now, so it's fine. But the dropout and the bear are going to end up being on my top 10 list if we haven't already released it. It will be on there at, in the future. And then the other casting director on it is Josh Einzen, who is from This Is Us. Some other things that we'll also mention, but This Is Us has people cast in you know, kids and adult versions of yep. things, which is the topic of the panel. But he also did Love, Victor, and The Big Leap. Also I, his first time with us. I didn't talk to him as much, so I can't say how much I love him, but I do love him. Well, he was lovely. I he, did get to talk to him for a little bit, especially I deeply, deeply love Love, Victor. Um, is it you that used to believe uh-huh. they would film, in movies, would film children at one point and then wait till they grew up and then film them as adults. I would like to say, yes, it was me, but I was also a child when I thought this. <laughs> Last um, year before we released <laughs> before this. We, before we did this panel. But yes, it was because the reason you know that about me is boyhood was the example of them doing what I thought was real, which was wait 10 years for the child to grow up and finish the movie. <laughs> well, the main reason I bring that up is because, I mean, that's done a lot in movies over the years mm-hmm. when you see that. A lot. It's like the first 10 minutes are as a child and then the child grows up and then the most of the movie is with them as an adult. I don't believe and I'm sure I'm wrong and people are immediately going to tell me all the ways that this is an incorrect statement. There aren't many TV shows prior to the past few years that show characters that are children and adults like jumping back and forth. It's very hard for me to. I know. Well, no, for me to even confirm. That's very interesting that you think there's not. I mean, I'm not – it doesn't seem that weird to wait, but maybe that's about topic more than, like, were we not telling stories about – Yeah, I just – I'm trying to think of shows prior to, you know, the past 10 years that would do time jumps on a regular basis. Oh, well, with, regular basis. I don't know. Because I, mean, yeah. I know that people would do, like, flashbacks of, like, a flashback to when I was – I character was a child but something that does like multi-timelines like this the multi-timeline thing might be a different thing because like what I'm even thinking about this show is recent but where my brain went was more like House of the Dragon where the first four episodes they're kids and then it jumps and they're adults and so that's casting to the same character two times I would assume again I don't have a list but that that has been done more than this like these two shows literally going back and forth throughout the season yeah. is seasons even potentially um, with This Is Us versus season one and then the next season they're older. Like I bet I bet that's more frequent than like the show itself is interwoven timelines. Yeah. In Where you're casting because yeah. I feel that they used to announce movies all the time of sure. younger older version of this character. But yeah trying to think of TV shows like they used to announce it all the time all the time literally every day all the time (laughs) but TV shows prior to I mean prior to 2000 prior to 2010 where it was 
a regular basis, you would have a younger and older she's character. She's a lot. Of, I like, have this theory. Like... So I would like for someone to tell me, <laughs> as opposed to me, while you're on your holiday vacation and you have nothing else to do, Google multi-timeline. Well, it's not really because it's not 2000 and 2000. Because it's not really time jumps and it's not really like time travel. It's really there is a younger and older version on a regular basis. Go. (laughs) 1990s. Give me an example now. (laughs) Someone's going to come back with about 100 different examples and be like, I was so wrong in this theory. It's going to be a BuzzFeed list proving you wrong. You know what? We'll post it on our new website. Regardless, I do think that this is a fun conversation, especially to do a micro chat with two casting directors who did this two different ways. Like John with This Is Us is over multiple seasons, whereas Station Eleven is based on a book and it's a single season. And just sort of even the worlds they're living in, like This Is Us is, to your point, like This Is Us is a family drama with a twist, whereas Station Eleven is sci-fi like it just mm-hmm. is a very different kind of concept and sort of how they approach those things and I just think it's really cool I also think they're both very rock star casting directors and between this and the music supervisor panel this year rock stars well done panelists I'm not even gonna pat myself on the back I'm gonna say well me. done programming team okay Stop. Ah. <laughs> I <don't> know, that's <laughs> fine <laughs> Um, and it is, we'll get on with the conversation, but this is moderated by Ben Travers of IndieWire, who pretty much owns our casting panels. So <laughs> he, he loves them and he's very good at them. So we're excited that he got to have this conversation as well. So with that, enjoy Casting Across Time presented by the Casting Society. Thank you all for coming out. This is so exciting. We got a packed house in here. Um, I'm so glad when everybody comes out to the casting panels because they are such wonderful people and they're so smart and they know exactly what they're talking about. So please give a warm round of applause for Jeannie Bagarak and Josh Einson. Jeannie, I have to start with Station Eleven. Uh, I have to ask about Kirsten casting both the young and the old Kirsten. Just from the very basic start, like from the very beginning, when you get that script and you know you have two roles that are both very, you know, big. They both had a lot of screen time. There's a lot of demands on them. Do you need to cast one person first before you can go to the second? How does that process work for you? How do you start? Um, well, in this case, uh, Mackenzie Davis, who is the older Kirsten, was already kind of in progress of, of signing on. So um, we were lucky enough to sort of know what we were starting with. Um, so once uh, we knew Mackenzie was a done deal, then it became about finding our younger version of her. Um, and it wasn't as important to us the physical match. Um, I mean, you know, you had to at least buy it to some extent, but it was such a, a, a span of time, you know, that we followed her from young to older and, and pieces of time that you didn't see at all that we had a little more liberty that way than I think they did, you know, on This Is Us. Um, but it was, you know, really about finding the qualities. And, and um, Mackenzie's is wonderful. And so it was, you know, finding those qualities that she brings to her work, her intelligence, her fierceness, but also her vulnerability, her strength, her physicality. Um, but because we started uh, with younger Kirsten, you know, she was really our entry into the story. There was that much more pressure, you know, to really get it right, and 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 the accessibility, you know, we needed to start that journey with her, 
So it was also really important that you could relate to her. And um, Josh can probably talk about this a little too. Um, there's a term in acting, uh, in casting, uh, when you're casting young actors, uh, called schmacting. <laughs> when you're um, casting kids, that sort of uh, overacting <laughs> that makes you kind of want to schmack them. <laughs> never actually do it. But, but when you feel that impulse, you kind of go, that's really not the way we want to go. Um, and, you know, and just that uh, finding such an, you know, and, and it's tricky with kids. And kids in LA who, you know, have sort of grown up in the business and trying to find kids who are really authentic and grounded um, and not performative. It was really important that, that she be, she feel real. The, the schmacting part of it, just to go back for a quick second, and Jeff, please, you know, you can chime in here as well. Is it something you noticed right away? Like, is it something like as soon as they, like that first audition, they come into the room, or is it, you know, does it kind of become clear as we go? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you feel it. I've gotten to when a place, When they come in you know, and hand you a pen with their name on it, <laughs> that their parents gave you, um, so you remember them, that's generally a creepy thing. <laughs> yeah. No, after that, you're a little done. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. No, we don't need to do yeah, it's. But I've also gotten to a place now where I can. Sometimes you can tell this acting is going to go so deep that like it's a lost cause. There's also enough times where I'll get a read and then you can feel like I can get rid of it. Yeah. Like if I work like whatever the coaching was that they brought in, I can strip away, and and it'll be underneath. Um, I got yeah. You, yeah. Get and a you, you just pray that the parents don't work with them in between. Mm -hmm. when oh, you, I, when I, you've I, stripped I, away and have to bring them to produce. I tell. I will call the agent manager and be like, "Do not let whatever coach they've been to, whatever parents like they are great on their own." Tell them they don't need the to say what time is it that we're going to go to the store where I'm going to have <laughs> such a great time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try again. Talk to me like you know, like as if you were talking to your friend. Okay, oh, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna ask. Am I allowed to ask questions? Oh, <laughs> so, by the we were so in love with Matilda. Like we've been casting on Slack for uh, online for two years. But we were all talking about how much we loved her and how amazing she was. When she just walked in, did you feel it, or did you have to sort of work with her to shape her a little? Bit? Um, no, pretty much not. And she she was based in New York, but I had seen her in a play uh, called The Ferryman uh, on Broadway, oh. which was yeah a huge huge ensemble cast. And what struck me most about her, there were several kids in, in the show. There was a scene where uh, an older actress named Fanula Flanagan had a uh, monologue that I think was five or 10 minutes long. And the kids were sitting around her telling the story, uh, listening to the story. And I, I think I saw the play had been running for a couple months at that point. And while Fanula's telling this amazing story, I couldn't take my eyes off of Matilda who was so engaged and so focused on what was probably, you know, more than a hundred times of hearing the story, um, but just was so incredibly present that I just couldn't take my eyes off her. And that, you know, that was sort of my first clue, but she pretty much had it from the get-go. And then when she did her chemistry read with Himesh Patel, it, it, it was amazing, because Himesh, like you saw Himesh go, oh, 
oh shit, I gotta, I gotta step up. I mean, like, I think he sort of thought, oh, it's a kid and I'm gonna do this thing. And like, she just brought it and you could like, even just physically like see him go like, okay. I uh, and it was just magic when they, when they read together. Uh, not to get too far off topic, but really quick, does it, I mean, how much of a difference does it make if you know they have a theater background? Like, obviously, a lot of actors, you know, if they can go through that and prove themselves on the stage, then they get, like, a pretty good reputation behind them and a lot of respect is thrown their way, but how much, like, if they're just walking into the room, not necessarily that you saw them somewhere or struck by them, does it really, you know, make a difference? Is it, is it something you guys notice, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I, the, I work for the only real casting company called the Telsey Office, and they got started doing theater on Broadway. Um, so it used to be this great thing where like the sneaky trick was you'd like get somebody from the theater that nobody <laughs> and now everybody does that. So, um, but yeah, I, I love when somebody brings that to it. Certainly not a requirement, but sure. when somebody has that, it, it's, it knows how to exercise those muscles and that sort of character development. Uh, it's it's kind of delicious. And, yeah, and I um I started in theater, so um that I've always been drawn to that, and it is it's just um you sort of know you're getting kind of real deal, someone who's actually sort of studied and and um, as opposed to a lot of again young actors, but older actors too, who you know come to Hollywood because they want to be famous, but they haven't done the the, the, the hard work and yeah. and the train you know really training and understanding text and how to break down a scene and all of that stuff. So, you know, especially with, with uh, young actors, it'll be the first thing that I'll look at, because a lot of times, you know, people don't, if they're young, they don't have a lot of experience. Um, but certainly if they've done theater, uh, that's a big draw for me. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, to get over to This Is Us, because uh, obviously we can't ignore it. It's a great show, and it's so impressive what you were able to do with it, like just across the years in terms of casting. But at the start, I assume the the series regulars, the adults, were all cast first. Is that true? Tiffany Little Canfield did the pilot with Bernie Tutsi. <coughs> Excuse me, and I was asked to join in for the second episode. Okay. Literally, the first thing I was doing was casting the Littles. <laughs> so uh, Parker, Parker, Lonnie, and Mackenzie. Um, so yeah, like right off the bat, we're matching. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you have to work with at that, that point? Like, had, had you seen kind of the performances in the first one? Or was that something where you're just looking at I actually, stuff? I, didn't, I knew all the actors. I, well, actually, I didn't know Chrissy, um, but she was really sort of a discovery. But I knew Sterling and I knew Justin. Yeah. Um, and I had their headshots and a script. <laughs> <laughs> that was wow. pretty much it. And um, And thankfully, like, it really was a team effort, so, like, Anytime I say I, I really mean you know this show. It was a large project to wrap our arms around. Um, Ryan Tominski was our associate in this last season. We bumped him up to casting director. He was always my first filter, uh, going through and sort of looking for. He he would help me throw the net wide, and then I would help narrow it down because um, I would just get cross-eyed. I couldn't remember what Justin looked like anymore. But it was, just, it was, it was uh, so much. Um, and he was great at that and was wonderful working with the team. But yeah, that was, Tiffany put that first group together and then we were off to the races. With how many versions of, uh, uh, how many ages of each actor did you have to cast? Three to five, dependent on who um, and when they showed up in the story. Some were toddlers, 
I did not want to cast the toddlers. I get the toddlers. Um, uh, I tried to duck out of that one. Um, but yeah, we the three, the littlests, the littles, the teens, and then the uh, you know, original recipe. Um, <laughs> when did the teens come in? What's like? How much had you worked with like the other two groups when you had to cast the teens? So this is uh, a story that has not been told before. So. Cone of silence. <laughs> yeah, as, I see the camera. It's <laughs> um, when your face starts to get washed out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Firing. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it, it actually. Uh, so yeah, we jumped right in with the littles, and that was stressful because we only had the eight days to do it. Um, so that was hard. Um, but then they gave us warning for the teens. So we knew like six to eight weeks in advance, this is what we're gonna need, it's coming up. Great. Went through the whole casting process, cast kids, they filmed it, and then on a Sunday, we got an email from Dan saying, it's not your fault, it's not the kids' fault, but I'm realizing the stories that I'm gonna to wanna to tell over the years and where it's going and they're too young. <laughs> so, in addition to having to fire children, which is great to do it in the entire world, especially because they were great. Like, if we had, it was not like a... a but another few dollars in it for the teens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, and, and the email ended, by the way, if we're going to get it on air in time, we need to do reshoots by Friday. <laughs> so... And, oh, oh, and P.S. The budget's not yet approved. <laughs> so, uh, budget and breakdown was approved Monday. It went out Tuesday. It's kids, so you can't start auditions until after class on Wednesday. So we had one shot. Uh, so I think I, I had the Kevin's. Brian had the Randalls and some of the Kate's nights with Kate's and we're like cranking through. And we're like, well, we gotta get it today. Got choices, got them approved. The next day they were into getting their contacts, some costumes, and Friday they were on set. So that was one of the worst. <laughs> it's like all those days, but like when you knew it was coming and you can't yet like get into the casting process. Are you like calling people and asking for recommendations? Are you checking on certain people ahead of time? Like, is there work that you can do, or are you just waiting? Uncomfortably, no, because like the kids were all with kid agents, and if we were going to end up keeping them, I didn't want them to know. By the way, we were <laughs> we're going to let them go. Oh no, we're just kidding. We're not. Um, so no, we were really just sitting there crawling up the walls for a day. Uh, yeah, and and. I mean, we got, I loved, I loved who we got. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it was testament to the eye. Like, you really put in the work in a very, very tight window. Very, very team effort. Also, sometimes, you know, when forced to make a decision, it's, it's less time is better. Don't, don't, otherwise they'll just, yeah, they'll overthink it or like, who else is there? Who else is there? Yeah, and then just truly ended up, I mean, Hannah, it turned out, had been one of Kate's client, Kate, Chrissy's uh, <laughs> clients when Chrissy had been an agent and, they look bizarrely alike. And, uh, Niles, we'd actually seen for the first one, and uh, for the first round, and he wasn't 
quite right, and then he came back in and it had hit puberty in those couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that, it's like, that, oh, perfect. And that was an interesting thing with Matilda on Station Eleven. You know, we, we cast her, we did episode one and three um, before the COVID shutdown, and then we came back, you know, and those are big years. You know, she was, I think, 10, 11 when we cast her, and, you know, almost uh, a year later. Um, but in, in our case, it actually worked because her character, you know, was aging. There was a passage of time. There was a couple scenes, you know, where she was supposed to be younger and, you know, they, they, they were able to make it work, but, you know, some, in some cases that could be, you know, terrible because kids change so much, but because our, our story covered a period of time, it, it actually worked out. So, Jean, you talked a little bit about this already, and schmacting is obviously a part of the, the whole thing, but when you're, when you do have the, the older character already, when you do have the older actor, I should say, for the character already, um, how does that affect the audition process? Like, you're not just reading pages, are you? Are you looking for certain traits? Are you looking for certain, you know, like ways they speak or responding to direction or anything to try to, you know, make them connect more to the to the older actor that is that you know you're already working with? Again, I think it's just sort of you know matching qualities and and really what's required of, of the role. Um, it's really serving the role. And if you serve the role, ultimately, it will match. Um, because you know what's what's important. I mean, obviously, the character goes through you know changes. She goes through a very you know traumatic um, period of time. But um, but if if you're if you're really casting to the role, uh, weirdly, it will match the older actor. You know, and again, the the. It wasn't so important about absolutely matching. You know, when you're doing um, casting uh, uh, actual people, you know, if you're doing a, oh. a, you know, that's a very different thing because we have, you know, a very specific idea of what somebody looks like, and um, you know, then it, it can sort of pull you out of the piece if, if they don't look like them, or you're thinking too much about how they don't. But um, you know, we had a lot of wiggle room that way. Uh, it, was, it was about being true to the character. Is there is there a, a stage where it does come down to a chemistry read? Like, do you have the older actor read with multiple, you know, younger performers and see how they connect, or like, you know, there are other co-stars? And yeah. See how that works no, out? we did. We didn't with Mackenzie and uh, Matilda. In fact, I think you know they met on set. Um, uh, but uh, but we did the chemistry read with with Himesh because again. That was how we started our story, and their connection and their relationship, and believing that was, you know, key to, to going on this journey. So, I'm guessing you did it out of time. No, on, on that one, no. Uh, actually, usually we didn't do Cameroons. The the one kid that we did do Cameroons on was Deja. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, we we brought in actually the whole Pearson family uh, to do Cameroons with the the final contestants for for Deja, uh, and I just adore lyric and and talk about fully formed like she just zero smacking like just <laughs> that that she just was. Everybody showed up her first day of set like it was, it was sort of touching like. All the producers, all the actors, 
and we were all watching, no pressure. <laughs> and her first scene was uh, where she, was, she thought she was going to get smacked by Randall. Um, so dove right in and just, I think she had one credit at that point, but like she, she just is such a natural, gifted young little actor. But I think that, I think off the top of my head, that was the only kid we did that Ken Reads with though. So kind of going off that idea of like, you know, when they, they've been cast and they're having their first scene, do you typically, do you go to that? Do you go and watch and like sit there on pins and needles being like, is it going to work? Did I do it like this? <laughs> Usually I only hear when it goes badly. Okay. <laughs> Usually get the call that it's gone great. But um, it, in my case, you know, it, in, in a lot of, of what we work on, um, we're, she's out of town. So, you know, we're not able to be on set. Um, uh, but they, they sent me a picture um, of, uh, they did, I think actually the first time Matilda and Mackenzie met was a, a wardrobe fitting. And it, they, uh, and it's from episode seven where uh, Mackenzie, you know, is able to go back and she, you know, is back in the apartment that, that she grew up in. I mean, where, where she lived with Jeevan and um, Frank and um, in the, you know, the long dress from the Shakespeare and the puffy jacket. And they sent me, a, and I burst into tears. And it was really <laughs> incredible. Um, and they were, that was, that was my experience with it. But, uh, and they just, yeah, they did all that. That was a really special scene. Um, Okay, I'm going to kick to audience questions in just a second. The last thing that I wanted to ask you was kind of a, uh, it might be a stupid question. I apologize if it is. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday. But when you have the, the adult actors, but you know that they're going to be playing older versions of themselves and they're going to be aged up, do you, is there anything you look for to make sure that that's going to work? Like, there are certain faces that just seem to me to be better suited for that, where it's like, I totally buy it, like I'm 100% in, and there's other ones where you're like, I don't know if that's how they look, that might not, this could be a makeup question, which is why it might be stupid, but <laughs> casting people in case it's something you think about when you're going through that part of it, too. Well, I'm actually 22, so <laughs> does it work? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, that, that is, I mean, an important thing uh, to take, you know, because there are facial features, and, you know, it also comes into play when you're doing a period piece, like, there, there are, you know, certain people who, you know, just feel very contemporary, and, and, and also in this business, you know, a lot of women and men who've had work done, um, you know, that, that makes it, you know, if it's the 1930s, 40s, 50s, you know, 60s, people weren't doing that. Um, but yeah, I think there are, you know, facially uh, things that work to age people, and um, but that really does come down to that hair and makeup people. Again, quality, you know, I mean, does that person have that ability to, you know, sort of take on the physicality? Uh, and you know, and 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 you feel can can bring that like have lived a life, yeah. you know. Um, do you get to look for that? Like, do you have things when you're doing those auditions? Like, is that in the back of your head? Being the, like, well, the, the wigs and the yeah, yeah fake noses and the makeup. We, no. we didn't even yeah, just come in and pop it on. <laughs> we we actually at the beginning of this is us weren't sure what the future was going to look like. We actually had we made a list of like who could be future Rebecca. Uh, and thankfully Mandy was game because she was unspeakably and underappreciated is how magnificent she is. Um, the, the voice work and her posture, everything was just, uh, I'm so glad we did it that way. But we, 
I also forget how beautiful she is, because like, <laughs> especially the last two years, I hadn't seen her in person. So like, she was just Rebecca on the TV. And then uh, I got to see her towards the end of the season, and was like, oh right, one of the most beautiful creatures on earth. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, we did think about it a little bit more with the kids, because we knew that that was going to be... We had a lot of conversations about puberty and what I was going to and who was going to be able to play what, and we didn't want them to overlap. To feel really, we were very careful to make sure that, like, age-wise, we, the writers, like, we weren't, we put the right kids in the right place. And if you've seen the finale, if you haven't, like, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, we shot some of that three or four years ago to make sure that we had those kids oh, wow. while they both. Well, before they got too far into it, so they still looked as young as they did back then, because Dan really wanted. Um, so that was a place where, oddly, the adults, it was just the magnificence of our hair and makeup uh, department. And yeah, and, and it goes back to sort of your question, too, but, you know, I mean, about an actor who, you know, who's, who knows their craft and is trained and, you know, is going to understand about how, you know, how does the body change as you age, what happens to your voice, um, you know, and they're going to be game. You know, you, you, you know, actor needs to know that's what's going to come. Yeah. Some yeah. people might not, you know, want to be seen that way, but it, it comes back to, you know, training and technique too. And like you said, I mean, with, with Mandy Moore, it's one of those things where when you see her in the sixth season for so long and she's laying in bed and she's moving so slowly and then all of a sudden she's like on a talk show doing an interview and she's just like bouncing around. <laughs> <laughs> she did so much research, so much research for that part. Really dug in, yeah. All right, it's time. Everybody who has questions, start right here, you see Beaker. Um, I have to ask, obviously Lyric as Deja was incredible. But the adult actress you cast to play adult Deja, how did that come to be? Because they sounded so similar and the, it was just so perfect. I just thought she aged quickly. <laughs> I thought it was the same girl. She, um, it, funny story. A lot of them, there were a lot of funny stories. We were so super secret on the show. A lot of people didn't know what they were auditioning for until they were going to get the part, and then either. You know, the producers or I would call them directly, not their agents even, and say, this is what it is. So her first read was sort of as herself, and she's not very lyric-esque as a human, other than her face. Um, so I called her, and I was like, so this is what the part really is, and would you mind reading again, watching the show? She's like, oh my god, I watch the show all the time. <laughs> And came in, and there was Deja. Like, she slipped right into the voice and the mannerisms and all of it. We had a similar experience with Team Beth. Um, that was one where I did not know what I was going to do. <laughs> we were out of time, and Dan Fogelman was like, Dan's like, I was like, what if, and he's like, that's not what we do. We don't cheat on this show. I'm like, okay, I know, but <laughs> somebody has to be filming. Um, and my voice did the puberty thing just like that. Um, and Rachel, Rachel Hilson walked in. We told her what the part was, and she was also a fan of Susan's and Beth's and was able to, like, recalibrate to uh, slide into the character, and she was fantastic. Um, huge fan of hers. All of them. But um, they're all lovely people too. Like I, we got very lucky. Like Dan has a no assholes rule, and it was so 
and, and yeah, almost, maintained it, and it was so nice. Almost, <laughs> almost as great as, you know, when you hear good things about how the actor has performed as an actor is also when you hear, you know, that they're great people. Kind of gracious, you, yeah. We feel a lot of pressure, you know, that way. Um, wanting, you know, people to be kind and generous and behave well. And I've heard that that stuff gets around, especially with the casting directors, if you hear that one of the actors is not fun to work with, it starts getting kind of cast among the group. So, yeah. 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 Well, especially if you're putting somebody into a show where everybody's already lovely. Yeah, yeah, we want to be and careful. Yeah, you don't <coughs> ruin the vibe by putting somebody in there who's just going to bring it all down. Uh, all right, who else has a question? Yeah, in the back. Uh, there's kind of the famous instance of uh, Eric Stoltz being miscast in Back to the Future, and, and I'm wondering if you've had instances where you had an actor who was great, you thought would work, and then didn't, and had to recast. <laughs> I just told you my awkward story. <laughs> <laughs> Children, so Jean. <laughs> I, I will say I'm sure it's happened. the the few times it's happened, it was never the actor's fault, really. It was just, it happened to me on Love, Victor, and the only reason I'm sharing is because she was an announced that day, and then we had the table read, and she just felt too young. Like it just, it was not her fault. She was lovely and great, and it just wasn't, it just didn't work. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, or, or you know, or, or the t table read, I mean, sometimes, stories change, you know, as they're writing, and suddenly the person who made sense, the way it was, you know, conceived initially, you know, it's all a process, you know, there's the casting process, um, and, and often, you know, throughout the ca casting process, the writer kind of, you know, actors come in and they bring things, and, and the writer goes, oh God, I hadn't really thought about that, what if we actually went a little bit more now in that direction, so, um, so a lot of times it, it morphs within the process and people that you thought would be great or you might have read early on that, you know, definitely seemed to be a choice, you know, will kind of fall off the list as a possibility because the character has kind of, um, and the best is when someone comes in and does something so completely different that, you know, the writer goes, oh my God, I never ever thought about it that way and this is so cool and let's, you know, let's now go in this direction. And it's hard for actors auditioning because often the, the, it is morphing, but, but the writing hasn't caught up to the morphing. So actors are auditioning with what is really kind of old material in the writer and the creator's minds. Um, and it's really hard because, you know, they don't have that insight. So they're sort of playing the scene, you know, as it, as it, as it was originally intended. And we're now looking for something Different, um, so that can that can be a challenge. That's a lot of you know sending messages to the agent saying you know please let your client know that we're now you know thinking they should approach it this way. But I, I'm I'm sure there are people I've had to replace, and that's yeah heartbreaking, especially when it's you know not at all the actor's fault. Yeah, I hate making those calls. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, you sort of. Um, so Matilda is so impressive um, uh, to the point that uh, friends who are raising an actress daughter, she's even booked a 
like big budget movie, and after I saw the first episode, I want to call and say, "Tell your daughter to quit." You should tell her to quit for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, because I've been so excited about this little girl growing up, and I saw her tell him like, like it would destroy my ego if I was saw her. If I was in the same world as her. But like, is she? Is she that much better? It seems like there's so much competition. There's so many child actors. Are there just tons of kids that are that good, or is it a really sliver? It's it's a pretty extraordinary. I mean, in in my experience, I haven't done you know. I mean, nearly to the extent that that Josh did on on that show, and and I'm sure on other things, I haven't done a ton of kid casting. But it, it I mean, there it it's. Sli- I mean, to find someone that. You know that raw, that authentic, that that old soul also quality. I think that's you know so much of what she brought, um, and just just she's so comfortable in her own skin, which again, as kids, is hard to do, especially in the world that we're living in and social media and everything else. I mean, I have to credit you know her parents as well, um, but it, it's rare. I mean, I I I cast Haley Joel Osment in something. <laughs> Um, he had shot the the movie with um, Gerard Depardieu. Had, hadn't done Six Sense yet, um, and it was one of the. I mean, he came in the room, and uh, you know, it's again one of those moments where you just go like, "This is what this kid was put on this." I mean, and that's what I believe about Matilda. Like, was put. This is what she was put on this earth to do. Whereas, you know, a lot of other kids, you know, are kind of being either pushed by their parents or, you know, are, are, are I mean, it is what they want to do. But a lot of kids are being pushed by their parents or have been told, you know, you've got this personality, you should be, you know. Um, but don't, don't, you know, it, and there's the rejection and all of that. I mean, it's brutal. Um, but she is, uh, to me, you know, a unicorn for sure. We, I Just the project I'm working on now is a lot of kid casting. And there's something in the 10 to 13 age group where they, if they, they just haven't been damaged yet. Mm-hmm. And, and well, but finding innocence is hard these days. It, it, it's, uh, I mean, it's surprising purport. Like, a lot of the kids were just, I, I mean, I think a lot of it came from them wanting to act, and they just aren't there yet. But a surprising number had that, like, just instinctual. Uh, it was so much, it was so much fun because I kept, like, we only picked one for each role, but I'm like, I know that these are going to be the kids. Like Sydney Sweeney, she was yeah. like yeah. a fetus and came in and was auditioning mm-hmm. for us, and I'm like, yeah, you, 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 not going you can definitely tell. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's fun to watch those kids and to to see like even if we're not the ones who cast them, to be like, you're not going to work. All right, well, we have to wrap up. I'm getting the sign, but thank you so much for coming out. You have been listening to the TV Campfire Podcast, hosted by ATX TV co-founders Emily Gibson and Caitlin McFarland, and produced and edited by Sarah Light. This conversation was recorded live at ATX TV Festival Season 11 in Austin, Texas, between June 2nd and 5th, 2022. For more information on the festival and becoming an ATX TV member, follow us at ATX Festival or visit atxfestival.com.